Hey, everybody, as we get into uh, the Passover season, Easter season's coming up. Um, we're looking at the week before uh, getting this out, hopefully, uh, 2020. Um, God is so awesome, and he hooked me up with somebody, and, and I really wanted to, to get him together uh, and, and discuss the Passover from from a different perspective, maybe that we haven't talked about uh, in our normal Orthodox churches that we have. Uh, so today we had uh, James Berlin, uh, who's an active duty Navy religious petty officer uh, or something like that. And he's inspiring to be a chaplain in the military, which is great. We need those guys out there, uh, men and women out there helping the, the men and women who are at, uh, you know, on the front lines. So uh, today we had a great conversation with uh, James uh, I wish you would just listen and enjoy uh, the conversation. So, uh, without any further ado, enjoy the episode. You're listening to the Under the Cloud podcast. So are you ready? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day, this opportunity, this evening, Lord, late at night, that we can have these conversations about you, your word, and what how that applies to our lives. Lord, we thank you for these times we get to meet people and so that we can have these conversations with you. Otherwise, we would never have these conversations. Lord, we thank you for all these um, all these things that you have going on in our lives right now. We thank you for your, your hedge of protection that's all over me and my family and all over all over this world. Lord, we ask that you just continue to bless us and bless this conversation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So amen. Uh, today, today uh, if you remember a couple episodes ago, we had Jeff Quillo on, and no sooner did I finish... Uh, recording Jeff is like you got to talk to this guy and uh and so Jeff uh sent me a phone number or sent James a phone number and uh we've been communicating back and forth um and something that was mentioned in our conversation cuz like always I like to talk to people before I have them on he said something and I was just overly intrigued and uh so um today we have uh, James, uh, how do you say your last name? Is it uh, Burling? Burling. B-U-R-L-I-N-G. Yep. James Burling. So James is fun because James is Navy. So I'm excited. I got a Navy guy on here, and James is your active duty Navy, correct? Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, <laughs> see, that never really started when I was in. That kind of moved in afterwards. So uh, yeah. that, that's not. <laughs> I can't. It's hard for me. I got out in '03 though, so that's a long time ago. But uh, so, what, what's your rate? What's your job? I'm an RP. It's a religious program specialist. So I uh, do security and logistics for the chaplains. Okay. And you have um, ambitions and desires to become a chaplain yourself. 
Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm actually on recruiting duty right now in San Diego. So um, I, I took the opportunity. The Lord, uh, you know, got me actually back into the Navy. I got out in uh, 2015 and spent some time out. And uh, I had about 70% disability. So every recruiter that I went to, it was, uh, you know, didn't really want to help me out just because the likelihood of me passing MEPS based on my disability was pretty low. But uh, the Lord made a way. That's right. Uh, got me back in, and I, uh, you know. I, I I just promised him that hey I'm gonna serve you so he opened the door wide for chaplaincy so I've been getting my undergrad at Bethel uh, biblical studies and um, yeah um, plan on entering the chaplain program the candidacy program uh, this fall so that would be with a commission while I'm in uh, get my master's in divinity here in Azusa Pacific University in San Diego and uh, upon graduation of that Lord willing uh, direct commission back to active duty. That's like the only time yep. that it's okay for somebody to go from a blue shirt to an officer is if you're going to be a chaplain. You know, like, everybody, every, yeah. nobody nobody really gives you a hard time when you're like, you're going to be an officer? And you're like, well, I'm going to be a chaplain. Like, okay, well, that's okay. You know, like, we, we right. need, we need right. them guys, you know. So I had a really good, okay, so I was Navy, obviously. as a fire control, worked on radars and missile guidance system. I had a really good time on the USS Lake Champlain with a couple chaplains and I spent – and had a really good connection. Still Facebook friends with one, um, and he's helped me through different things and different questions I had. And I just messaged him and say, "Hey, can I can I call you? I got a question." And and uh, he's always been there. So those relationships with my chaplains from 15 plus years ago are still there, and that's and that's really cool. So, um, and I'm excited, you know, because it, it seems like there's not as many people uh, willing to go into the military in that specific role um yeah and there there a few years ago uh appeared to be a stranglehold on what chaplains could and couldn't do and and it seemed to really hurt the numbers in the chaplain corps yeah there's definitely a few chasms there you know some people uh you know they don't want to serve with the institution not that they're not patriotic or they don't love the country but they don't you know, being a, a spiritual person, you really, you know, they're not led to partake in uh, a war fighting uh, institution, you know, so there's that. And then you have people who can't, like you were saying, express their faith the way that they want to, uh, because the Navy's saying that you can't do X, Y, and Z. So there's that. There's plenty of things going on that could deter people. And then there's the military life, right? So yeah. permanent change of station. Uh, I mean, you name it, it's not real appealing for a hometown pastor. Uh, you know, the, you really, I mean, the, the motto for Navy chaplaincy is, um, is is called to serve. So that's, you know, you definitely, it's definitely something that you're called to do. Uh, vocati ad servitum is, the, is their motto. Well, you find yourself, you know, it is a calling. It is something that mm-hmm. God's behind. And if, and if, you know, if, if, as the Bible verse says, if God's for us, who can be against us? And, and Exactly. And I, like I said, I had some really good experiences with chaplains in the Navy and or with mm-hmm. uh, my time on the ship. And even right. with the RPs, uh, well, we called them, mm-hmm. they were religious petty officers is what we referred to them back then. Right. But, you know, even some of those guys were really good and outstanding people and and mm-hmm. uh, were easier to talk to sometimes than the chaplains were. But um, right. And I'm, I'm really encouraged knowing that there's enlisted people who are called into ministry uh, or feel led in the ministry and who are willing to step out and get commissioned and become chaplains because that's a very needed position in the Navy. So I'm I'm excited to know, um, and hopefully we can keep this relationship going and, and 
have you on here and, and just you know be friends or whatever and just for the future and be praying for you as you go so but uh, i'd appreciate it man well so um i i told you i wanted you to come on and and you uh and you were eager and i was which is cool <laughs> but i, I get kind of like frustrated like because I really want to have everybody on. Like I told you before we started recording, uh, scheduling is difficult for me sometimes, and and it's and it's my podcast, so it's it's what we deal with um, here at Under the Cloud. Uh, somebody said I never say the name of the podcast on the podcast. It's Under the Cloud Podcast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and my name is Jonathan. I never do that either. Um, so, um, but, but you know, I really want to be led by God and what God wants, and I really want to be. Um, giving out his word and giving out his deal and what part of it is is that god has put in me things that intrigue me and if they intrigue me then maybe they intrigue other people um but you and i had a conversation a few weeks ago and uh we talked and um you know we just kind of normal chit chat and kind of filling each other out i think um and then you said something as i was getting ready to hang up and 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 it kind of it kind of hit me in a really good way. Uh, I was excited to to hear. Okay, so um, I get I, I want to say this the right way. I don't want to come across odd, uh, but you you can you explain to the everybody basically what makes you a little different than the Orthodox Christian in America? What we talked about. Uh, yeah, I, I can kind of give a brief synopsis of a little bit of you know my my testimony, uh, just an abbreviated version. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, so I grew up in a Catholic a Catholic church. Um, didn't really attend that often. Uh, so there was there wasn't a relationship with with God. It was uh, just an institution of religion. Um, but I'd say one thing that I took from it was um, like reverence for God, holiness for God. Um, you know, just through the liturgy, I guess. But uh, though I never you know, Jesus uh, was never really preached to me, and you know, salvation and none of that ever really made it to me at, at a young age. Um, I mean, I was, I was definitely in God's hands. I, you know, He put He put people in my life that uh, definitely impacted me in a spiritual way later on. Absolutely. I just kind of fast forward. Just kind of fast forward to 2009. I entered the Navy with a Navy SEAL contract and uh, made it through boot camp, and I got uh, I got reclassified in buds. Uh, uh, for physical physical reasons, and then I, I reclassified to uh, RP and deployed to Afghanistan. Um, while I was over there, um, I was guarding a chaplain, and he had a Bible study about dinosaurs in the Bible. And uh, in my infinite wisdom, I challenged him. I said, there are no dinosaurs in the Bible. He said, oh, yeah, why don't you come to the Bible study? <laughs> and uh, I, I went to the Bible study, and we discussed... Uh, uh, at least two creatures, which uh, you know, I deduced they resembled a uh, dinosaurs, uh, the Leviathan and the Behemoth, uh, both in Job and in Genesis. Um, I'd encourage anybody who's doubtful of that to do their own research on that. Don't don't trust me on it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that that's kind of what made that that threw my world upside down because I learned in science class that dinosaurs were discovered in 1862 by you know whoever, and uh, and that kind of formed my worldview. Uh, evolutionary you know billions and billions of years and uh when i said how could that be that in this religious book that there are creatures such as dinosaurs so there's kind of a conflict of of knowledge and 
information there. So that really intrigued me, and, and the Lord showed me that His Word is authoritative, and it really, uh, it really drew me in. Uh, and I watched the lives of the Christians while I was over there. Um, I watched watch them in their testimonies. I watched them in their worship, and they just behaved differently. They had a joy to them, and I, I really, um, I really liked that, and I really wanted that for myself. Um, so when I came back, I, um, the Lord led me to get baptized, and I've been pursuing him ever since, and he's really been growing me, especially uh, my last couple of years in the Navy, and he was with me when I got out. Obviously, all my whole way back in, uh, just kind of, you know, opened the the sea wide, and I just feel like I'm up against everything, but I'm I don't fear anything, and I know the Lord's putting me up to this, so absolutely, um, it's it, it's really really awesome. Um, and then uh, shifting to the uh, the Jewish context, which I think is what you're leaning to, is that right? Yes. Okay, so you got that backstory, <laughs> right? That's that's my that was my where my faith was originated and, and grown. Um, and then when I moved back out here to San Diego, my wife and I decided to move out here because it was uh, uh, really cold in Chicago, if you didn't know. Yes, so I've been there. We're like, <laughs> so spent we a whole year there. Yeah, it definitely gets uh, it definitely gets chilly with the um, polar vortexes and all that. But uh, we moved back out here, and uh, I started working for a security agency, um, armed security. I worked at the Jewish Community Center here and uh, various synagogues in the area, which I really enjoyed. I liked the people a lot. Uh, they were very welcoming uh, with their culture, and uh, you know they're just super, super nice people. And uh, I kind of observed the uh, high holy days while I was there, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Passover, and I couldn't help but see Jesus in everything. Um, and it was it was almost frustrating. You know, you're like, you wanted to shake him. Like, how do you not see your Messiah in this? You know? Oh, so this was Orthodox. This wasn't Messianic. No, this is just, this is Jewish. Uh, different. It's, uh, there's conservative, reformed, Orthodox, just different temples in San yeah. Diego. Okay. So, um, but, but nonetheless, they would always hire extra people to do security on the high holy days which is, I got a chance to leave the JCC where Jeff works um, and uh, kind of um, you know go to some of their uh, high holy days and observe that which was really awesome. I've always been aware you know it, through scripture you I mean as, as a kid even you start to study throughout Leviticus and you see all these festivals and you see all these mm-hmm. as you just referred to it high holy days throughout you know Pentecost mm-hmm. and you know um it, and of course, Passover. I mean, we we and that's coming up this week. Um, and right. and I, I really, I have always been. I've, I was blessed with a dad who was r- really aware of the history and and would spend that time explaining things and and uh, which was really cool because you know some people I guess maybe their uh, dad didn't. Uh, my dad was a pastor and he was you know pretty smart uh, or he is pretty smart still and. Um, and one of the things that I learned was that the 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 festivals and stuff, even even though we're we're not Jewish by race, because that's a big thing. People forget that there's a difference between the Jewish religion and the Jewish race. Right. In the Old Testament, it was one and the same for the most part. Um, right. But over the, over the over the over the millennia <laughs> millennia. And over the the you know the, the mass spreading out of the Jewish people after mm-hmm. after Christ uh, ascended, um, it, it's kind of morphed into this idea that we we put them all in as 
one thing no matter what mm-hmm. but there well, are well, well spiritually we are jewish we have the seed of abraham which is he was yes. a gentile he was taken out of the land of ur which is iraq yes right so you know yeah, like you're saying. Well, the Garden of Eden was in Iraq. If you read through the four rivers, it mentions just between the Tigris and Euphrates being the mm-hmm. only two rivers that are left. And and so it was, but anyway, so I, I honestly, there's a part of me that believes that the entire world was the Garden of Eden when that happened. And it wasn't that they were just kicked out. It was more as if the Garden of Eden just disappeared and it went to what we kind of more know it now. But anyway, that's just conjecture. Don't, like, so. only, take a, only take a sandstorm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I was in Navy Navy, and I just stayed on the boat, so I'm, I didn't get out there on that very much, so. No. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just I wanted to kind of mention that there's a, you know, there's a, there is a difference between the Jewish faith and the Jewish race. Right. Uh, that's how somebody can be half Jewish, you know? You know, uh-huh. you know, well, he's half Jew. Okay, well, if he's half, then what does his mom believe, or what does his dad? No, it's the religion, or it's the race part of it. You know, so comes from his from his mom, yeah, yeah, lineage side, yeah. So anyway, so high holy days, you 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 were there, you were uh, just observing them uh, from a security point of view, but we all know that security means you're listening to what's going on as well. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, and. And so you just found yourself just learning. It, it was helping you understand Christ more. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everything. Their whole culture is about their Messiah, but they don't they don't see it because they deny him. Yeah. But um, like they're I looking said, forward to bit, it. It's a little bit frustrating. What's that? They're looking forward to it. They're excited about it coming, but just like oh, they the, are, yeah. just like the christians in the in in the in the rapture the end of times you know they're they're looking forward to it and but it's just that you know they they missed it you know it's already happened right right jesus has already come but so one of the things that you were talking about beforehand was how the easter is essentially passover uh Mm-hmm. And and it well it is and you know and so one of the things that I came across years ago or not probably about five six years ago I was studying about it and getting ready for Easter Easter's coming up next week uh, this Sunday's Palm Sunday even though we won't get to go to church um, the, um, so the correlation between switching it from a Passover celebration. Uh, back to Exodus, you know, we we study what the Passover was, um, and and we look at the correlation between what was necessary for survival for the Passover in Exodus, and we can see who Jesus was in relation to that. Um, we we can like you said, we see it, but they didn't, they missed it, you know, unfortunately. Um, right. But when we but when we change the name of it to Easter, we we bring in you said a pagan. Was that what you said uh, earlier? Yeah, the technical term is synchronism. So you see it in different cultures and different societies. It's when um, you know you see you still see it in South America. You have Catholics who you're down there, and this isn't to beat on beat on Catholics. Like I said, I was raised Catholic. I have an aunt who's Catholic, loves Jesus, but um, kind of any 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 religion i guess if it were to go to a certain place they start adopting 
uh, some of the rituals and cultures and uh, ceremonies that people of a certain area uh, perform, and then it becomes something that it wasn't originally. So it's it's influenced by uh, something that's not native to what it originally was. Yeah, and that the other day I got work was talking about something, and he said, "Knock on wood in the name of Jesus." And I thought, uh, well, yeah, which, yeah, which is it? <laughs> little, <laughs> never, never heard of that one. <laughs> I, I was, I thought that was funny. I was, it kind of upset me because I was like, pick one, but I was like, but you know, that's just yeah. Funny. He's not a rabbit. He's not a rabbit's foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, we have there's so many things that we could talk about, but one of the things that yeah. I wanted to really get into, and we can get into more stuff later. I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, is I thought I told my wife I said I'm about to go do an episode, and I said and they just had an earthquake and I really missed earthquakes in California. <laughs> I only had yeah. I only got to feel like two of them. Uh, I was driving to base one time when one happened and I didn't feel it, and uh-huh. and then the one woke me up at like three o'clock in the morning and I thought I had I, I guess I dreamed that we were going to general quarters and I flipped out and I couldn't figure out what was going on why the. <laughs> The ship was shaking, but it was the house, and and uh, right. so that, I thought that was pretty funny. But um, <laughs> that's funny. That's so, funny. So, <laughs> we have hurricanes down here, and and uh, so, but it was really funny though. It's not funny. It's horrible, but it was really weird. The first major earthquake I felt in California. I called my dad the next morning to tell him about it, and he answered. I mean, okay, so this is North Georgia. This is like three hundred miles or so from the coast. Of, mm-hmm. or of of the Gulf Coast, and uh, and I said uh, I said we felt an earthquake this morning, and he said, "Well, we're in the middle of a hurricane right now, and I ain't got time to talk to you about the earthquake." And I was like, <laughs> and <laughs> and there and there really was an earthquake, and he really was going through a hurricane at that very moment. And that it was still a Category One hitting my hometown of North Georgia, which is unheard oh, of. Man. That's very unheard of. So, um, but so, uh. Passover, we studied throughout when the people of Israel were captive in in um, in Egypt, and Moses mm-hmm. was sent by God to tell Pharaoh. Uh, and then there was so many plagues, and then they come to the Passover, and Moses says to take the the lamb's blood of your take your best lamb, your perfect lamb to sacrifice the lamb, spread the blood of the lamb over the doorposts. Um and the the post, the headboard and the, or the top of the the door and then down. So I would imagine three uh-huh. three pieces of wood. Um there's three pieces of wood, door frame. And uh-huh. and then when at the evening time when at night that the death angel would fly over and if you didn't have that you would lose your firstborn son. Um, and, and then later, um, God said, Hey, let's remember this. This is a significant spot. This is very, God could have said, Hey, we don't need you to remember this. Let's move on. Uh, we don't, Mm -hmm. they didn't, they don't celebrate the plagues of the frogs or the flies. Right. But we're going to remember this Passover. I think it, I think it's kind of fitting though, because you look at what we're going through right now with, uh, you know, with the virus and everybody's hoarding food and, yeah, and that's mo, you know, a a lamb provides more than than food, you know, it provides wool and provides milk and, 
you know, all sorts of things. So it, I think it's a it's a it's a good test of faith that the Lord says do this. And, you know, and you're like, well, you want me to burn my food supply, Lord? Like, you know, give <laughs> yeah. it up as a burn offering right now so I can get out of this COVID? I don't think so. So I think it's a good, that just the baseline is a good proof, uh, you know, when the Lord puts you to test, if you're going to listen to him. Um, and I don't think all the Israelites made it out, but the ones who no. listened did. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my first comment on it. Yeah, I mean, and so um, I was doing a youth thing a few years ago. <clears throat> And for, I mean, I'm talking like preteens, maybe even younger. And, uh, and so I built a doorpost and I took red paint and I pretended I'd already mm. pa- I pre-painted it, you know, but I pretended to, to spread it on there. And, and we talked about it, you know, it was getting prepared. Mm-hmm. We did it the week before Easter. Um, yeah. that way they would be kind of in their, in their head of what was going on. And Man, I want to be honest with you. I I've been, spent my entire life in church. You know, at this point, I was probably about thirty eight, thirty seven, thirty eight years old, and I'd spent my entire life in church and ministry for years. And I never really spent enough time understanding the correlation of the Passover and the the blood of Christ on Calvary, and how that all happened at the exact same time. And how it was it happened during the Passover. It happened. The three pieces of wood, the the side post, the top and the bottom, and then there was a cross takes you know, you would think two, three pieces of wood. You got like I mean, there's there's the blood on the cross, there's the blood on the doorpost, there's yeah. the there's these there's just so many things that there's, correlate. There's a lot of thing happens happening at once. It's also the story of Abraham too, right? So it is the Passover. It's a story of Abraham. He fulfills every covenant, right? The dove, yeah. he's the Holy Spirit, he's the Lamb. He's the burnt offering. He's whatever you name it, and it's all right there. So it, it's a lot to unpack. I don't I, honestly. I don't think we have the <laughs> entire time to, to unpack that. But it's a it's a lot. Yeah. But so <laughs> let's 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 give everybody a taste. You know, think think. You know, get. Uh, so to have that perspective, you're talking about you're talking about. Also, on top of everything else we're doing, now let's start looking at it from the Old Testament biblical perspective of the Torah, and let's look at it from a different angle, and it helps us to understand. So give, give everybody a taste of, of why they should do that. It's just a, it's just a richness. Um, there's a verse in Matthew 13:52. It says, um, "Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old." So this, there's stuff in the New Testament, something like this, that you'd be reading over and you just it wouldn't really pop out to you, but if, if you know if there's a, a Jewish person listening to that and they understand their salvation, and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like there's rich stuff. The Torah is good. It's spiritual. It's not. Uh, Jesus didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it. So it's still there. He says until it's all complete, it won't go away. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, that's just kind of you know there's a lot there to enjoy. So why not, you know, take take a trip back and look at it and look for look for Jesus we call him Yeshua um, which means salvation um, originally that is his name uh, we can talk about how it how it variated to Jesus um, but yeah it's it's very interesting it's rich I'd say I would encourage any believer to go back all the way from Genesis uh, if you don't already do that 
and try and find where Jesus is, what he's fulfilling, what he's accomplishing, what he's doing, because um, he's there. In First John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. Yeah. So it's exciting. I, I don't know. I get excited about my salvation. I get excited about the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Is I don't, I don't discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so being that we're a New Testament church, you know, right. Um, there's there are denominations that do not even touch the Old Testament, um, sure. and and I've said this for years. If 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 someone found the little red Gideon Bible or green or yellow or orange, whatever colors that you find, if you found a little Gideon Bible and you read it and you understood it and you gave your life to Christ through that and you never had the Old Testament as a reference, then your salvation is not void. It is still there, you know. It is through. The, sure, yeah. It is only through the only the only thing that can get you into heaven is through the, the trust and faith and the righteousness of Christ. That's it. There's right. no. There's no other way, you know. In the Old Testament, we we learn so much. There's so much good insight. There's so much good examples. Most of the times when I'm giving examples to people. Those examples are, hey, remember what happened to Joseph? Hey, remember what happened to Enoch? Hey, remember what happened? You know, like, uh, or to look what happened to Solomon. Even though he was super wise, he was the wisest man ever lived. He was pretty stupid, you know. Like, um, you know, you have to be extraordinarily open to the fact that the Old Testament is as big as it is, you know, and and right. and from. You know, whichever way of creation you look at, Genesis one one to the end of Malachi is like three times longer than it has been from the end of Malachi to now. So, you know, it's a big part of our history, it's culture and and, and to see it um the more I've the more I've heard about this, the more I've heard about the idea of take the time and learn the old covenant celebrations and celebrate them. Um you know, do a do a Yom Kippur fast, or Day of Atonement. Do a fast. You know, on that day. Um, mm-hmm. I, first time I ever heard someone say that, I thought, wait, what now? And she was explaining to me so what the Day of Atonement was, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I knew that. I forgot about that. It's not something that we that we spend time studying in 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 the in the yeah. Orthodox Christian Church. Right. Well, you know, something that. Um that was revealed to me not too long ago, actually, um, when I observed the Yom Kippur. So the, the Feast of Atonement is it's pretty interesting. A lot of people think that Jewish people don't believe in God's grace. They think it's all, you know, law, 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 law. But um, the thing is, is they really don't, they know that they don't mount up to deserving to be saved by God or to be spared. Uh, that's the whole point of Yom Kippur. And, and, uh, you know they they take the time and they reflect and introspect on you know what their what that year was and what it looked like and uh they say dayenu which means i hope it's enough they're saying lord i hope this is enough and uh because they know it's really not so they're counting on god's grace um now the lord has already provided this through through yeshua and um, I believe the Jewish people and, and whoever God decides to spare apart from what we've been given, like you explained earlier, there is no other way to be saved other than through the, the, the blood and faith in Jesus that we know of and we can enjoy while we're here. But I do, I don't ever, you know, the Bible says don't determine your hearts who it will and won't be in the kingdom of heaven. 
so I don't also don't try and do that but um, no. but they you know they have a they have a sense of God's God's grace and uh, and they know his faithfulness it's been a while you know it's been a few thousand years but they read it and that's why the Old Testament's so rich is because it, it talks about um, just these uh, you know these patriarchs and matriarchs of faith and uh, and they're just yes Lord you're going to provide it. we're going to get through and he delivers every single time if that doesn't build your faith listening to that I don't know and on top of it you got you know you're you're spying you're spotting Jesus throughout it you know there he is there's a type and shadow yeah, there yeah. he is there's a so um, but yeah Yom Kippur is an awesome awesome holiday I and mean, there's also a scapegoat too because Jesus is not just a lamb but he's also a scapegoat yeah right because all of our all the sins of the, all the sins of the world the past present future put on him it's sent out right um so, so when yeah, when is Yom Kippur? Beautiful. When is it's in the fall, I believe. It's in the fall. Yeah, it's right. Uh, so it goes Rosh Hashanah and then Yom Kippur. Uh, it's usually in between September and October. Um, since it's on the Hebrew you know, lunar calendar, it doesn't fall on a set day. Yeah, that's you're, right. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're following a um, so you know, Jewish Jewish calendar. So back to Passover, I was really excited to tell you this. Or I mean, you already know this. I'm excited to tell everybody listening to this. I'm all about nuggets of of useless information. Anybody who knows me personally knows that I'm the the master of useless information. My dad being the king. Um, well, the Bible's all useful information. No, no yeah, absolutely. So I'm <laughs> so <laughs> I can bring in some useless things. But what's really interesting is if you uh, most people don't realize they they'll notice that. Easter moves around or Passover moves around from, you know, March to April, back to March, April, you know, moves around. Mm-hmm. And the reason it is, is because you have the first, you have what they refer to as the equinox, uh, which is the first day of spring, which is around mostly March 21st. And that mm-hmm. being that it's equal amount of day, equal amount of night. Um, the solstice in the summer or the first day of winter is when you have the most daylight in the summertime or the least daylight in the wintertime. Mm. So it's the as the solar calendar, not the lunar right. calendar. So it's right. really really funny. I love this. The solar calendar gives you equinox, and so at equinox being the first day of spring, uh, mm. then after that day, the next full moon, then the next. Sunday, or the next Sabbath, the next Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So you have the equinox, then you have the full moon, and then follows following that is the next Sabbath or Sunday is your Passover or your Easter. So that's why it moves right. around because the twenty first is always the twenty first. But if the full moon's on the twenty second and that happens to be on a Friday, then that means that right. next day is going to be Passover. But if right. yeah, if the full moon's it, the day it, before the equinox. It, so it moves around. That's why it moves around. But I think it's really interesting that the lunar calendar and the solar calendar work together to it, – it's it's all these different things have to come together to explain when the Passover is going to be. Uh, it's the sun, and it's – the anyway, it's kind of neat. So I've just always been yeah. a fan of that. So Yeah, Passover is in the first, the first week of the first month. So that's the fast that – or not the school, the fast and the, and the holiday that they're instructed to celebrate. Uh, via, via Moses, via God. Yes. Um, and In the, honor of remembering the Passover. Exactly. And the uh, the lunar calendar, it's it is kind of hard to compare the lunar calendar with the Gregorian and solar calendar, 
kind of apples and oranges, but um, but it depends on what you consider consistent because there are as many lunar cycles in the years, there are as many, yeah. uh, you know, the the solar equinoxes and and you know all of that. Um, but the Bible says to use the moon. Uh, if you, you go back and read Genesis, it says the the moon and the stars will be used to to tell time. And I guess you could say, well, we're counting the sun as a star, but really, um, the first <laughs> the first Hebrew calendars were the, were built on on the lunar um, on the lunar scale. Yeah. Do you go to church on or on Saturdays or Sundays? Well, it's it's kind of weird right now with this whole uh, COVID thing, you know, with gathering and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I assume everybody's affected by that. But um, but yeah, we usually so we do a seder, uh, which is uh, seder means order. Uh, it's an order of service, and we read a, um, a haggadah, which is a, a portion, a scroll from. Um, the Old Testament, and you know, it's pretty much remembering, like you said, uh, you know, the Hebrews coming out of Egypt, and remembering the time of the wilderness and the uh, feast of unleavened bread, the time that they had to eat unleavened bread because they were fleeing. You know, they're on yeah. the move. Uh, they're eating their little, uh, you know, Yahweh MREs. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that make you chuckle. I love it. And uh, <laughs> right, so you know they're they're out there and and they're like, God, we don't want it. You know, we're sick of this. We want we want some quail. And the Lord yeah, gave yeah, them some yeah. quail. And they're like, Oh, that was great. You know, so it's a uh, it's an adventure out there. You know, it wasn't long before you know the the Lord goes up Mount Sinai and comes back down. They're worshiping a calf, and it's like, Well, that didn't that didn't, didn't last, much, did it? Yeah. You know. <laughs> it, you but, know, and uh, it, yeah. I love that people are still that way too. After you know, people are yeah. praying and praying right now, but when this thing goes away, they'll be like, "God, yeah, who?" You find that you rabbit, know? that rabbit foot knocking yeah. on wood, right? Like, <laughs> and I mean, and hey, yeah. that I'm, I'm not going to knock them because that was me. That was me a long time right. ago. So God's been really good. Right. I, I love it. So, right. do you guys? Um, and I'm just asking, but you know, I know you believe in Jesus or Yahweh or Yeshua. Mm-hmm. I that's I right. that that. Jesus Yeshua thing is it will take me a million years to get over if I was to to make the dedication the switch to saying Yeshua every time. Um, well, it's it's pretty simple. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to insult you. Do you did you do the research on why is why his name is that or why is no actually, I, why I, it's Jesus in English? I have been told before that I'm not saved because I called on the name of Jesus, no. not Yeshua. <laughs> no, and he during knows that exactly time, what you mean. Uh, yeah. well, during that time, I did do a little reading, but that was about five or six years ago. So I just explained. So, so in the Greek, he had he, Jesus. Had he went by a couple names in in Greek, they can't say they don't have a Y, so they say Lesus, like Jesus, but with an L, right? So they say Lesus, and then when that went, uh, I believe it went to English. I don't know if it went Latin. directly to English, but it came from the Greek. I think it went Greek, Latin, English, yeah. and they added a J instead of a Y, and the and the the A at the end went away. It just went Lesus, and they said, okay, we'll just go Jesus instead well, of Yes, Yeshua. Well, English so. is the only language of the of the, I guess the non-Asian language. Uh, it's the only language that pronounces the J with the J sound. Every right, other one is right. Yah, like Yonath or or Yon or in it's like uh, Y almost. Uh, yeah. Like Yo or Yah. Uh, uh-huh. Or one, you know, it's, it's, it's never right. a just sound other than in English, and in the Hebrew name Jonathan is Johanathan, 
uh, or right. I've, that's the, yeah. yeah, that's the redneck way of saying it in Hebrew. Uh, it's it's and it's <laughs> but it's the yo, which you know, is, which is kind of funny. But so it, right. it makes sense why it would become a just sound um, right. through English. So I I, right. I I I remembered reading that before that there was a kind of a kind of a Rosetta Stone setup where it just shifted over to the right. over to different languages and so it changed it. But if if you're reading the Gospels, he mostly goes by Rabbi. Most yes. people teacher they call him rabbi. Right? Rabbi, which means um, what? Does rabbi mean shepherd? Rabbi means teacher. Teacher. Yep. So that that's mostly how he was addressed in the in the uh, new covenant. Um, but he he also spoke many languages. People don't people think oh he just spoke Greek or he just spoke Hebrew. I mean, he spoke he spoke Greek because that you know that was yeah. the, the language of the time there in uh, in Israel because it was the traders' language. Yep. I don't mean trader like anybody's trading on yeah, anybody yeah. but that was just a common tongue oh, absolutely. right if you're in the market if you're in the market um uh, he spoke hebrew he's jewish because he read he uh, he read right out of the torah so he read hebrew classical hebrew uh aramaic yep um which was the common tongue aramaic uh he, for certain parts just like they have pashtu dari and farsi for um for uh uh, what's the general tongue? Arabic. Um, you know, there's there's different dialects of Hebraic languages. Um, and him being God, you can't say that he didn't understand or know how to speak one of those, especially in that in that region or that area. Um, but yeah, I think it's really I think it's really neat. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus can speak more than one language. And so there's a lot of people who are going to, you know, be like, oh well, he didn't because the Bible doesn't say that. But we have to understand. The Bible also says he never, you know, went to the bathroom. But we know he did, and we right. we can't get we can't get so caught up in the in in right. all that literalness of it. And well, I guess when you look into it for a certain reason, like like like, is it practical? Like he probably spoke other languages. To say he spoke one is impractical. That's now, also like unbiblical. We don't know that. Some, yeah, yeah. But if you're trying to get to something that's not there, which I'm not necessarily doing, I'm just saying this is this is what you know it looked like in the culture at that time. He went from Samaria to, you know, the Galilee. He was a traveling man. Like he, I mean, you could probably guess that he spoke more than one tongue. Not to mention that he is God in the flesh. That's usually where I come from. And there's nothing to really prove past that, other than it's just an observation. Yeah. You know. I got a question. If. Uh... If you explain to people w- your doctrine, I guess for lack of a better word, um, do you get some kind of like raised eyebrows? Like you do what now? Like from the no, a lot of people who just categorize it as like you know faith religion, um, they're like, are you wait, are you Jewish? Or are you <laughs> Christian? Right, and they're, they're like trying to shove you into some box. Yeah, they're absolutely. Like, no, I'm good with that. Like, don't do that to me. You know, and it's just like, you know, and I don't want to be the person like, oh, I'm offended because in culture, if you're offended, you're right, and I'm not looking to be right. I'm just looking to be a follower of, of God. Yeah, you know? we're not allowed to be offended. The Bible doesn't allow right. us to be offended. <laughs> no, don't be easily offended. Do you find yourself, uh, because of because of the where where God has you, and I believe God has you here. Because of where God has you, yeah. do you find uh, yourself running into the Orthodox Jews or Reformed Jews on a to to have these conversations? You know what I'm saying? Do you find? Um, 
Because I'm assuming if I, I did mean, this, I, guy would be like, here, here, here's the Jew, talk to them. And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> just knowing me. So. Uh, the, ortho, the Orthodox Jews are like, like they're really hard to like get a hold of because um, they're in like full garb. They're usually like the rabbis or if there's an Orthodox Jew, he's like with his family. I, I don't personally know any like hardline Orthodox Jews. Um, they're very structured people. They're usually very busy. They always have their hands full. You know, it's like Mennonites, you know, it's like they're oh, yeah. kind of like marginalized from society and they do it, yeah. they do it to themselves. But um, I mean, just being around conservative Jews, I have, I have conservative Jewish friends. Um, I have reformed Jewish friends. One would be like a little bit more liberal. Um, you know, you can do some research on the Jewish Reformation and stuff like that. I think it's kind of kind of boring, but it's, <laughs> it's been going on. It's been going on since the last two thousand years with rabbinic Judaism. Some people were like, "Hey, we don't like this rabbinic stuff, um, yeah. so we're gonna go do the." You know, there's all sorts of flavors of that. So but I met, I met a guy. Friends, I'm sorry. I was just saying. I'm sorry. I met a guy who was reformed Jew, and he just told me he was a Jew, and I was like, "Okay, uh -huh. cool." You know, like, Ooh, let me ask you questions. Let me ask you questions. And I said, well, what about this? He goes, well, I don't do that. I'm like, okay. So what about this? I don't do that either. And I'm like, well, why don't you eat kosher? And he said, well, because I can't afford two refrigerators, and you can't have one refrigerator. You have to have two refrigerators. So I'm yeah, just, I'm just reformed. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I have a good one. <laughs> I don't, know. I, don't <laughs> I can't keep. So anyway, you have a Jewish friend. I'm sorry, I just interrupted you. No, I was just saying most of my friends are uh, conservative Jewish, so they 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 eat kosher. Um, you know they some of them wear jewish garb like uh like tassels and stuff but they're they're not walking around like full beard and you know uh you know they don't have the orthodox curls and and all that stuff going on all the time so it's kind of like i said i don't like to put anybody in a box but it's oh, yeah, probably yeah. um it's probably they observe a certain amount of liturgy outside the outside the the walls of the temple uh, they're outwardly jewish you know they um they do the tefillin where they wrap their hands and put the you know the, the cube on their head and they're yeah. you know just being obedient to what they perceive the Torah is asking them to do um you know there's a couple things that they can't do there like write it on your hearts uh yeah, yeah. you know that's the kind of the objective of the Lord with his seventh covenant but um but uh but yeah no, anyway that's most of my friends are uh conservative Jewish and I go to Torah studies with them and they call me King James and we just have a grand <laughs> old time I, I, like I literally love them they're like some of my best friends uh, yeah. We get along just fine. They're like, hey, here's, you know, James, and, you know, he thinks Jesus is the Messiah, and we love him, and come on, and we'll study the Torah. And they, you know, they have a little bit of Christian bashing, like, oh, the cross represents the sword, and I just kind of sit through it, and, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to forfeit my friendship and the opportunity yeah. to tell these people about their Messiah because, you know, they're, you know, the church has a dark history, and, you know, it definitely does with the Catholic Inquisition and, oh, yeah. you know, all, sor all sorts of stuff. So I, I'm not easily, like you said, I'm not easily offended by that. I, I endure it long-suffering. The Bible tells us to be long-suffering. Yeah. So. so that's kind of interesting. So you sit in a room with, you know, what I, I, I've always considered the ones that the, the Jews, the Jewish people, I say Jews, and I I probably shouldn't say that, the Jewish people, <laughs> the Jewish people yeah. who um, have the curls and wear the hats and the beards, I've always heard those considered Hasidic Jews. Um, and, but then that's a certain movement. That's okay. a movement within within orthodoxy. Okay, okay, so that's all. Yeah. So you can sit in a room full of the orthodox Jewish uh, people, 
studying uh-huh. the Old Testament Torah or to Old Testament Torah, same thing. Do they do it in English? Uh, so the blessings are going to be in Hebrew. There's there's likely, I mean, the main reading out of the scrolls, out of the um, uh, out of the you know the Pentateuch, the first five books is going to yeah. be in Hebrew. Uh, they read something out of the um, the prophets. It's going to be in Hebrew. So yeah, and then they might have an English translation, or they might just tell you to follow along in your Tanakh, which uh, on the opposite page it usually has where you know an English translation. Some of the editions have a um, uh, you know where it's like it's it's written out in in uh, Hebrew but in English a transliteration. Um, but uh, so that's really interesting. Yeah. That's kind of like to me. That's I would describe that what you're saying is like going to UC Berkeley, which is one of the most liberal colleges in the world, and saying here sit with this crowd of liberals. And through listening to them, even though they don't believe what you say, what you believe, but by listening to them, you will have a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. That's so that that's what I get out of what you're saying, is that even though at the end of the day, there's a fundamental difference being whether you believe in Yeshua or not, being the Messiah. You, what you're what you're picking up from these guys in this setting is a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. Yeah, I would say that among other things, but definitely that. I mean, I Even I, though they don't know, understand I, it, you're getting it. <laughs> you're, you're Well, you're... I am, and one of the things I really enjoy doing is taking the words of Yeshua and delivering them when they're reading the Torah and they're like, "Oh, that's really good insight." And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's like you know, it's from Matthew 28. You plagiarizing. You know, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like I'm in there slaying it. They're like, man, that's wisdom. <laughs> you know, it's like, it ain't me. But uh, So you're plagiar- plagiarizing Jesus. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, not, so, not giving them the credit. No. Yeah. One, one, of my, one of my best friends in the whole world, Jason, uh, he said something years ago. He was in seminary or is in college, and, and he had an opportunity to go to see a um, – um, a guy give a lecture on economics or something about finances or investments and stuff. Nothing to do with religion whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. And somebody said, well, why would you go listen to this guy? He's an atheist. And mm-hmm. and he said, because what he's talking about, he knows what he's talking about. You know, he's yeah. he's brilliant in what he talks about. And he said something that, I'll, that never left me ever. Um, so, Jason, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, and that is that you can eat the fish but spit out the bones. Mm-hmm. And and through that, I, I, I took that to say that it doesn't matter where you are, what setting you're in, that God can talk to you. You know, if he can use mm-hmm. Balaam and or use the donkey to talk to Balaam, then yeah. he can use anything. He can, I mean, I'm telling you, people laugh at me all the time. The movie Green Lantern was one of the worst DC movies they ever made, right? It was mm-hmm. just it was just a flop. But it spoke to me so much. I was crying through that movie. Praise but, God. Because yeah. it, it if you remember the movie, it talks about fear and how fear takes over and destroys you. And it was mm-hmm. like and the whole idea was they were gonna try to use fear as a weapon and then it just mm-hmm. had the adverse effect or it just had the backwards reaction to it. Not to get all too geeky on people, but it was a movie made by Hollywood that had some really bad like actors in it. <laughs> but it was, right. and, and it just—I don't know if whoever wrote that originally had that in mind, 
Like yeah. I get, I guess the original guys who wrote the Superman were 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 Jewish people, and they wrote Superman mm-hmm. as a Messiah figure, and mm-hmm. and. Yeah. And so if you look at it, he comes from another planet. He's super strong. He's, you know, like it fits, you know, you start to see these things and, and, and what people are looking for the Messiah, but he's already come, he's already here. You know, he's already, he's already there. Um, That's one thing I'd look out for. Like you were mentioning before, hanging out, you know, with people who are into rabbinic Judaism, a lot of that stuff that's been developed over the past 2000 years is pretty much just wandering in the wilderness. So like Kabbalah and, you know those different interpretations of the Torah and rabbis interpreting other rabbis or what their opinion was or what yeah. some other person's opinion was. It's like just read the dang thing. <laughs> you know, so it's like I don't care what rabbi whoever said. You know, in in two twenty two A.D. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really shift what what the Lord has spoke to me about yeah. that. And and I like what you said. I was on a run the other day and I was listening to a uh, just song after song after song of. Um, just uh you know uh uh secular music and the lord was like do you see uh, do you sense the void do you sense the craving do you sense what's missing in every single one of these songs what people are reaching for is me and i'm like wow like that's so true like in every single song i listened to it was like about being held it was about being comforted it's about your love it's about your it's like everything the lord is to us and it was just it was secular music it's the only it's just covertly a, a craving for god whereas in where in worship music it's overtly about the craving of god so but so, yeah he can use anything man i was listening to i had my you know i had to go to walmart today and uh deal with that chaos and and uh i was talking to my brother-in-law who was there and i had one of my ear earbuds in and the other one was just talking to him and all of a sudden, I hear this song, and I I wasn't even intending to listen to this group at all. I'd normally never listen to a group called Slayer. It's not my thing. I just mm. don't like them. But all of a sudden, I was hearing this song called Rain and Blood, and, mm. and which is one of their biggest songs. And it's, I mean, that's a very morbid group of people. Um, sure. And But I got to thinking afterwards, I'm like, you know, I've, I've stopped it and flipped over to another song, and I got to thinking about that, you know, Rain and Blood, like, what were these guys talking about? And then you start thinking, you can like exactly what you're saying. You can see like what what's important now is that people start to use the blood of Christ. And 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 it was just a, and it it not that that's what they intended at all, and not that right, that's what right. it was, but that's what God did. To, said, hey, listen to this song, get your get back on track mm-hmm. here. Here's what we're talking about, you know. We're and and so it was it was really interesting how you know how 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 smart God is. He's so smart, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He created everything. So like, he knows what he's, he, he's, he's got it all down. But so, um, I don't want to keep you too long. I just, I, I really appreciate man, you coming on and, and talking, but I, I do want to hit, I do want to hit up, uh, Passover sure. and, and Easter. I do want to spend a little time there for a few minutes. Um, what are we missing? What is, what is, and assuming, understanding that there's a lot of people listening that have already understood this and have known this stuff a long time, uh, but there may be somebody who's never really took the time to put that together between Easter and Passover, um, what we call Easter and what what the Bible calls Passover. Um, is there anything that we need to be looking at at this season coming up in the next week or so as we get ready for it that we're missing? Well, 
instead of you know, pointing some stuff out, I would encourage anybody who's listening to um, to go on. Uh, you know, there's there's all sorts of websites. You can get yourself a um, an Orthodox um, Haggadah. It, uh, it's spelled H A G A D A H. I think that's right. Um, if you search that, there's Messianic ones. Uh, I think Jews for Jesus has one. There's all sorts of you know different Messianic um, uh, agencies that have them out there. And the only thing is, is they just show where Yeshua, where Jesus is. Uh, in the Passover, and it, and it helps it helps kind of bring some of that stuff forth. Um, I'd say probably one of the one of the more interesting things, um, one of the more important things. It's all important. It's all very important. God is a he's a, it says he's a God of order. God is a God of order, and they call this a, a seder, which means order. So if you wanted to just enjoy some of of what Passover is about and what the Jewish people celebrate every year, you can kind of get a sense for what they're missing out on because for them it's just a remembrance of God's faithfulness which we we will understand but we'll also get more of it yeah. um, there's all sorts of elements there's um, there's the there's the egg which is kind of the newer element that's been added but it's interesting because it's a three-in-one component right you have a yeah. little bit of um, I, I I don't like to use the word tri- Trinity but um, God has a triune attributes Yes. Um, the reason I, do, I stay away from the term is just because um, uh, me personally is because Jewish people will look at that and they go, oh, he believes in three gods. <laughs> so you can easily, you can kind of get dunked on with the term. It's not that I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, I certainly do, but I just don't I, I don't, I get away from that. So you have a three in one um, with the egg, you know, you have the, you have the shell, you have the yolk and you have the whites. Um uh, The matzah, of course, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that is, um, you know that's the same supper. That's the last supper that uh, Jesus Yeshua shared with his, um, you know, with his disciples in the upper room. Um, that he had a good neighbor prepare for him in advance. And uh, uh, just you know, like you touched on the blood, the blood's so important. Um, man, you could I could go into all sorts of aspects about the blood. The Bible says that the life is life is in the blood, and pretty much every um, every sacrifice. Uh, that you know in the temple that would just kind of cover our sins uh, you know as we would make them therefore this is a once this is a once and for all um, uh, type of covenant where uh, in Jeremiah uh, the Lord says that you know I'll make a covenant uh, that won't that won't be like the other covenants this is the days are coming declares the Lord when I'll make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah, and it will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. So he's he's saying it's not going to be like that one, but it's there's still an importance here to it because he fulfills it, and it obviously it's not like it because it reaches out to the Gentiles. Yeah. So you have the Gentile branch that's grafted into our um, our Jewish branch, which is it, you know we're, I, I think we're at the end of the church age here, and uh, we're kind of we're kind of ballooned out, and you know. We could go. We could go on to you know churches, uh, probably in another discussion. But you know, um, especially with with everything that's going on, they have a they have a hard time keeping everybody together. You know, they try using small groups and all sorts of stuff. But um, that's a different that's a different topic for a different time. But yeah, there's so much so much interesting uh, topics that you can that you can really kind of get into a little nugget so you can extrapolate uh, from the Passover. Um, another one is probably the Afikoman, which is a it's a matzah cracker that um, that's hidden uh, inside of a inside of like a double-edged fabric, and they hide it somewhere, and then everybody looks for it. 
and then they and then they all the kids go and they look for it and they find it. So it's kind of interesting that um, <laughs> like like Jesus was put in the tomb and it was you know closed up and he had his um, since it's fabric that goes on there it's kind of like his garments and yeah. they don't they don't really know why that they well, they don't know why they do this ritual but the Lord has them do it you know so it's something that I I think and I see that points to um, you know the death burial and the and the resurrection and ascension of, of Jesus. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's all sorts of cool stuff in there. I don't want to, I don't want to give you guys too much cause it'll take a, a bunch of time, but I would say <laughs> if it's, if it's, if it's interesting to you, I would say totally pursue it because anything that's in the old Testament is certainly good. And as the Lord wants to share it with you, he will. So yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I just, I think it's really funny that I ran, I didn't actually get to meet the one guy that does the one church. It's called tabernacle of david I'm, I'm trying to hook up with that guy but just through chance ran into the gentleman that's um i don't know if they call him the pastor or whatever of the other church and through he and i stood mm-hmm. there and talked in our parking lot at our, our at our church uh for hour probably i might not have been an hour it felt like an hour just sit there just talking with him and the other guy that was with him and and I was like, just days after I talked to you, and I'm like, man, this I, I believe that whether I don't know where God's got me, but I think He was trying to get my attention. Hey, this is something we need to talk about. We need to talk about, you know, people need a deeper understanding of who Jesus is, and we need a deeper understanding of the love of God as as mm-hmm. is given to us through His Word, His Son, mm-hmm. um, and and I he was he was talking earlier, and I wanted to point bring it up. Um, He's talking about how, um, you know, Sunday versus Saturday, you know, or Sabbath or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something that I started doing years ago, and I still do this today. And people, and every now and then, somebody will correct me. Um, but the word S U N, sun, as in our our star in the middle of our solar system, is named after some sort of god. I'm not exactly sure which one, um, but that's where the name comes from. Uh, but if you look at the correlation of the sun being the life giver for our solar system you know without the sun we would all die um mm-hmm. there was I, I, one night one night the lord was showing me that that that, that correlation between the sun and the center of our solar system and and his son s-o-n mm-hmm. which is the center of our life without him there is no life without him there's nothing right. there. and so from mm-hmm. then on i started writing out sunday s-o-n-d-a-y it's the Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give this homage to this God that's not my God. I'm going to give this homage to the Son. For God so right, loved the world that right. He gave His only Son. S O N D A Y. You know. So, right. uh, and I, and and I've run into some Seventh Day Adventist people, and we had these conversations before with other churches that do Saturday worship versus Sunday worship. And mm-hmm. I, my my answer is this: um, We are called by God to be worshiping in a constant state of mind to pray without ceasing it's irrelevant which day we get together what's what's important is that we all constantly have him in our hearts and have a closer relationship with him i think that's what he wants you know we we as a as a dad of five i have five kids as a dad of five i want my kids to love me i want to be able to hug my kids and them not go Dad, stop hugging me. You know, I want them to actually embrace me back, even though only a few of them will do that. Um, because teenagers, you know how they are. Um, 
you know, I, I want to be, that's the way God is. He grabs us, he hugs us, and he wants us to say, right. yes, I'm loving you back, you know. Right. And so, and and I, I believe what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Is if The more we understand um, who Jesus is and what Jesus mm-hmm. is, and then we can even, even if you don't want to go into all that, you can just say, hey, you know the sacrifices, you know what it takes. Go back and read the Old Testament, what they had to right. do to cover sins, and you don't have to do that anymore. And then you can say, right. hey, guess what? That right there should make you go, woo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for being that, you know. So and that that'll right. give you a very small number, I guess, or a small amount of what you're talking about and understanding the rich, more the richness of who God is through Christ and yeah. his spirit. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, I think I think, I think think Sunday is a great time. It's the first day of the week to start your, start your week with the Lord. So that's how I look at it, you know. Um, yeah. You know, Saturday being the seventh day, Sunday being the first day. So I, I try and do every, I try to start every day with the Lord, um, whether it's a long, dedicated service. You know, with congregating with people. No, but I'm not going to sit here and gripe about the changes that the that the church made to, um, to kind of accommodate for uh, paganism in the church. We're not going to sit there and wail about it. But like you said, find a way to honor God through it. Like I, you know, I look at the Christmas tree. I don't look at. I look at wow, my savior was nailed to to a tree, you know, because it says "cursed is the one on the tree." Yeah. So you just find the Lord in it, man. It's not, you know, what the what the enemy tries to use against against right. us and against his his beloved and against the Lord. The Lord turns it back on him. That's so right. it's he always gets he always gets the last say in it. But um, there's one other little nugget that I think you and a lot of people will appreciate. Um. Was some was a commandment or something that I think everybody re, re, has read and remembered in Matthew uh, nine twenty. Uh, it's about the woman who was bleeding uh, for twelve yes. years, and she came up behind him and touched the the, the corner of his garment. Yes. And uh, she said to herself, uh, "If I only touch this cloak, I'll, I'll be healed." And uh, you know, Jesus saw saw her and said, "Take heart." Uh, she said, "Your faith has healed you." And the woman was healed in that moment. So interesting. If you go back to Numbers fifteen thirty-eight, it says, "Speak to the Israelites and say to them throughout generations uh, to come to make tassels on the corners of your garments with blue cord on each tassel." This is regarding the tallit, um, you know, the cloak that Jesus was was would have worn. He said, as a rabbi especially, uh, you will have these tassels to look at so that you'll remember all the commands of your Lord. And that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves and be chasing after the lusts of your own hearts and eyes, and uh, and then you'll remember to obey all the commands that the Lord your God has given you. So when that woman looked at the Lord, uh, when he was uh, when he was wearing that command that the Lord had given him, um, she wasn't she was looking at the Lord. She turned to the Lord, and in her faith, the Lord healed her. It's just an awesome moment. Yeah. Where you see Jesus fulfilling every command of the Old Testament and and that woman looking to the Lord and touching the corner of his garment. You know, it's just it, to me it's just beautiful. Like yeah. I just say praise I just lift my hands up. I say praise you God. That is so cool. That little nugget right there just made my night. Yeah. You know, that's... I just I just get stoked about that. Some people are like, "Oh, it's just a garment, it's just a thing." But it's like <laughs> he, people forget he fulfilled every single mitzvah. All uh, I think it's 612 commands in the Old Testament. Never broke one. Nobody yeah. had anything against them. They tried to nail stuff on them. Hey, you're doing, you're healing on the Sabbath. You're doing this and that. And he he'd always get them, man. They could never get the guy until the Lord, you know, uh, you know, allowed Jesus to be handed over to the authorities and be, you know, be sacrificed. 
I but, mean, there was the one story uh, where I, he was on the cliff and they were about to throw him off the cliff and he just kind of walked right through the crowd. So like, yep, they just split away. <laughs> Where'd he go? So I, I, I'm just I'm just turned up by that kind of stuff, man. Yeah. That just really gets me going. I just love it, and I wear my I wear a tallit, man. It's a prayer closet. You know, I put that thing over me, and I just it just it's just like being hugged by him. It says yeah. we're, we're clothed in his righteousness. You know, and you just um, and there was one other little thing I just wanted to touch on, and I wrote about it um, in school. I was just everybody was kind of given a a little encouragement about the coronavirus going on, and uh, that word of encouragement was you know um, more about uh, you know who the Lord says that we are and what we're clothed with. In Isaiah twenty eight, it says that in that day the lord of hosts will become a beautiful crown and glorious uh datum to the uh, the remnant of his people israel in uh in uh first peter 5 4 it says uh and when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the unfading crown of glory and in philippians 4 1 it says therefore my beloved brethren whom i long to see my joy and crown in this way stand firm in the lord my beloved so and there's dozens and dozens and dozens of other verses about our crown, but on that garment, there's a crown. It's called an Atirah, and it's a blessing. So we're crowned in blessing. So it's just it's just beautiful uh, uh, nuggets. And like we read earlier in Matthew about about the the store the store owner, the housekeeper who brings out old and new treasures. Yeah. There's just so much cool stuff just to enjoy, just because the Lord's so great. He just gave us these little things. You know, we talk about like the rabbit foot. He, you know, put that thing down. Put those idols down. Yeah. You know, it's not that talit that's going to protect you, but if it causes you for Him to be greater and to be glorified, yeah, then, oh, then yeah. praise God. Then praise God. So. Well, did you know that the but, word yeah. Corona means crown? That's why I was covering it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I, I mean, it's, it's, there's so much. I've totally missed you saying that, I guess, in my mind. Uh, no, I don't, I, I may not have. But yeah. I said Corona. Yeah. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. Okay. And, and so uh, if you listen to episode number 10, you would know that. Because uh, <laughs> that lady brought that out. It was awesome. And, and I mean, but, you know, God is so great and he's so amazing and he's so, He's so deep, you know, and we don't, mm-hmm. we can't even begin. I mean, like, like I was saying this a few weeks ago to a good friend of mine. Uh, when, when, when God said, when Moses said uh, to, when, when the burning bush happened and he said, who are you? He said, I am, you know, like mm-hmm. we, that, that gets overlooked so much because that that's kind of like, you know, as a parent, when they say, when you say, "Hey, go do this," well, why? Why? Because I said so. You know that. That's the way I always took the "I am." I am because mm-hmm. because I am. I am. I am because I am. You know, like I didn't really get into it, but he is, and we're kind of his figment of imagination. You know, like there, there's you know, there's a song. Um, I don't really know which church wrote it first or whatever, but it's called Abba. And and the first line of the song is, "You're more real than the ground I'm standing on." Mm-hmm. And we realize that everything that we're—I mean, I'm holding a piece of petrified wood in my hand right now. And as old as mm-hmm. this thing really is, God is more real than this thing in my hand. And mm-hmm. when when you look back and you think, "Who who who should I say send me?" I am the one who actually is. The one who's a constant. I am is a statement. It's a constant. It means I always, I always was, I am, 
and I always will be. And we can't give him a name. We threw Jehovah, we throw Yahweh, we throw these names at him. But we can't even give him a name that encompasses everything because we kept having to add stuff. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. We kept having to add these because there's no way of really understanding the vastness of God. And and I think that it's very important for us to, to, one, understand that we can't understand it all and to just bow in the awesomeness of what that is but don't stop trying <laughs> you know like keep, yeah. learn as much as you can you know get in dig right. into that so oh man i man i have enjoyed it i i this time goes by really fast uh when you're talking and especially when it's good stuff and i, I kind of feel like we didn't really hit on everything but um i i like i said i'd like you to pray us out and just uh to you know as we come into the Passover season uh, is coming up here in the next week or so. So, James, if you would, could you pray us out of this? I, I thank you for being here, though. By the way, thank you very much. And so, yeah, for sure. No, I was definitely honored, um, and I get really excited about you know the Word of God and High Holy Days. If, if it's about the Lord, I want I want to be a part of it. I got uh, I got FOMO, uh, fear of missing out. I, I don't want to miss <laughs> anything the Lord's anything the Lord's doing. Um. So yeah, let me uh, let me pray. Is that all right? Absolutely, please do. Cool, Heavenly Father, um, God, I just thank you for um, this opportunity, Lord. I thank you um, that you're sovereign over everything, God, and uh, that you have us uh, in our dwelling places uh, on this Passover, just like in Egypt, Lord. And um, if anyone's listening, and and you know, Lord, maybe they don't, maybe they don't know who your Messiah is. Maybe they don't know Yeshua Jesus. So, Father, I just ask that um, they would accept um, the offering, Lord, that you know, they don't have to slaughter their lamb. There's nothing that they need to put on their door. You've already put it on there if they just believe, Father. So I just thank you for the gift of faith, Lord. Um, I thank you that you're in control and you're in charge of this uh, this virus. And as we talked about, um, we're crowned with blessing and honor and glory, Lord, and we thank you for that. And it's just so good to know you, Lord. We can we can spend so much time learning things, but you bring us to a point, like Jonathan said, that um, it just drives us to our knees so gently, Lord. And um, it's a special place to be because it's near to you, God, when we humble ourselves and we come low before the God of the universe, Lord. So um, if anyone would be led to do that, Lord, I, I pray that you you just gently bring them low to the ground and, and uh, we just uh, find peace and rest in that, Lord, just being lowly. Uh, like uh, like Abraham would, Lord God, and we'd come we'd come back with your countenance, Lord, just your uh, your your face shining upon us, Lord. And uh, thank you for the opportunity just to talk about Passover and talk about High Holy Days and talk about everything that you're doing, Lord, in our lives and what you've done, God. And I thank you for our testimonies, and I thank you for everyone listening, God. I thank you that um, that you just love us so much and you love us so intimately, Lord, that you draw us in and. And you're just jealous for us, God. You really are. You'll 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 knock down every wall. You'll kick down every door to come get us, Father. And and I thank you that uh, you don't leave any behind, God. You got a plan for everyone, and it's just so sweet to know you, Lord. So I just bless you and I praise you, the highest of praises, Lord, in the heavenly heavenlies, Lord. And I just pray this all in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah. Amen. Amen. James, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. I really appreciate it, man. I have every intention of having you on as many times as we can work this out. So especially as you <laughs> progress through your uh, chaplaincy and getting all that. So, 
Well, man, thanks Absolutely. again. Just be safe. The earthquake, man, be safe. Don't aftershocks coming later or whatever. Be safe out there. So, <laughs> I got it. Hey, and go have an In-N-Out burger for me. All right, man. <laughs> okay, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day, man. Absolutely. God bless you, man. Thank you for listening.